0: Ready to cut through the BS? And here's some ways to drive your business forward today. Welcome Welcome to Biz Sprints podcast with your host Michael McMillan. Check it out. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Biz Sprints. This is Michael McMillan, and as always, thank you for so much for coming back for this week of tips and tricks to help drive your business forward. So This week, we are talking about probably something you are talking about in your office, I would assume, uh, probably every day, which is customer experience. Um, I have had the great pleasure to be able to hold the title of actually so vice president of customer experience, run the entire customer experience department for organizations, and really manage that um, overall. And That's what I wanted to talk about this week. So I I think it's so critical um, for organizations. A lot of companies I have worked with and spoken with over the years, so many of them don't really realize what all is entailed when we start talking about customer experience. And what does that even term mean when it relates to an organization? You know, from a B2C side, you know, so we're working with consumers direct. uh, It's pretty more straightforward, right? It's that we're creating the experience that, the end customer is going to end up dealing with, them. and and you know, and really, what? How do we want them to feel? How do we want them to uh, look at our brand? And what emotions do we want to drive from them? But when we're talking about B two B, a lot of times, a lot of organizations start getting lost with that and not understanding that. The correlation between the two is exactly the same. Um, You know, when I was running um, B2B operations for one organization, I remember um, I was working with my CEO and he was, I was starting to institute some new policies that was really making sure that our customers were loving us and, you know, really starting to take the next step. So instituting things like birthday cards and uh, touch points for anniversaries and little things, you know, things that would cost us maybe a buck or two, you know, nothing as an organization. Um, Um, But I knew had a huge impact. And I remember my CEO coming to me and he's like, Mike, why are we wasting our money on this? He's like, this is, I don't understand. He's like, you know, we, you know, we send out these huge elaborate gifts each year. um, And we, you know, we see these guys often, they know we care. And I, and I was explaining to him, I said, Hey, listen, it's the one more step that we're willing to do that no other company will, and we'll always be remembered for that. And We were. I mean, it's one of those things where I can tell you, year over year, we would send out those cards. It was all automated. I mean, it wasn't, you know, but it was carefully thought through because the cards were automatically printed, put on my CEO's desk. He would sign them by hand. That was one requirement I have. Um, His assistant would then put them into an envelope and we'd send them out. It was, I mean, it was really that easy. But every single year, I mean, some of our clients would call us and just be like, thank you for remembering you know, so, you know, and they would tell us like, we work with so many vendors and you guys are the only ones who actually year over year remember that, oh yeah, I am a human being and I do have anniversaries. And I remember it was just always something that I, the clients were always so, would just really remember us for. And, and that's, that's what it's all about. You know, I mean, that's, that's really where it all stems from. So, when we're talking about running that, right? So in your organizations, you know, when you look to the person who's running customer experience, um, what does that look like? For most organizations, I would tell you that, um, Sometimes it's the person who's running your, your customer service, and that's kind of what they're like, oh, yeah, you're running customer experience because you run customer service. Um, I will. I, I would be willing to debate that heavily. So in the organizations that I have worked with, when I uh, am tasked with truly running customer experience, uh, what I have come to find is that if you're just running customer service, you're all you're doing is the reactionary side of the customer experience. You must really have the ability to stretch your arms out past that. Um, and then for that reason, uh, with my roles, that's why typically I have, you know, ended up running all of the client facing side operations. So um, at my current organization, this is uh, sales, marketing, account management, uh, and our business development team as well. And because what it allows for me to do is, is keep the team consistent. Because What I have become is, of course, is that one single body that can ensure that consistency, right? I can ensure that the whole organization from an outside perspective is staying, as I like to say, on script, right? Everything we say, everything we do, everything we talk about is consistent. And consistency is what really sets the tone for your customer experience. But also, it allows you to have a benchmark to then measure it against. So... This week, don't worry, I'm not just going to keep sitting here rambling. I got a couple things I want to talk to you guys about. One of them is I thought we'd, we'd talk about some stories, right? I, I've i always believed, you know, I mean, coming up in the world of sales, I always said is that to be a great salesperson, you must be a great storyteller. And when we're talking about customer experience, there is no better time to be talking about stories because in reality, that's our job. You know, really as being ahead of a customer experience team is really is to start to craft stories that your customers will tell about your organization forever and i found a few here that i think you guys are going to really get a kick out of so these are some of the more popular stories you might have heard these if you i mean really uh been any you know seen any speakers about this subject or anything but if you haven't i think you're going to really love these the first one really pulls up personally my heartstrings, especially since I have two young daughters. Uh, my oldest is four, my youngest is ten months. And when I, I remember when I first heard this story, and I mean literally I, I thought I was gonna get choked up. I mean it it's it really it, it really touched me just because being a father, I know how it is, you know, with your daughters or your kids and you know, being in traveling. And so what the story is is the story of Joshi. This is for the Ritz Carlton. And If you don't know about the story of Jossie the Giraffe, basically, in a nutshell, here's what happened. So, family is on vacation and they're staying at the Ritz Carlton. And lo and behold, the I believe son, yeah, it's his son. The son leaves uh, his Jossie the Giraffe, which is this stuffed animal uh, towel kind of looking thing at the hotel on accident long story short they actually ended up finding out it ended up accidentally getting wrapped up into the um, laundry and ended up going with I think like the towels or sheets or whatever but so the family leaves the hotel and as they're getting to the airport the son realizes I forgot Joshi. like and loses it right I mean totally you know for any of my parents out there right you know what I'm talking about Total meltdown time, right? And the dad in, you know, just instant reaction does what every good parent does is we lie to our child. (laughs) So what he tells him is he goes, he goes, son, he goes, listen, Joshy decided that he needed a little extra couple days of vacation. He's all good. He just stayed at the uh, at the hotel and is just going to actually get an extra, uh, just taking an extended vacation, was his exact words, um, is going to be home to us uh, shortly after. So don't worry, stop freaking out. Josh, you just needed a little, you know, a little extra time on vacation. Of course, right? It's like whatever we could do to get our kids to stop crying at that point, especially as we're about to board a plane, we're going to say and do because there is nothing more uh, stressful. Uh, and I will also say embarrassing. Right then, your child losing it on the plane. So, family gets home. Father now needs to co- calls the Ritz Carlton and basically explains that I just lied to my son, and I need you to help me because I am, of course, now desperate. To help you know make this all happen, and explains that hey, here's what I told my son that you know my uh, his stuffed animal has taken an extended vacation. Basically, whatever you can do to help us find this stuffed animal, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. So as I already shared, uh, the Ritz Carlton. I mean, this is to their credit, right? I mean, they could have just said, yeah, we looked, didn't find it. Too bad, sorry. Um, go buy a new one, right? No, they took the time and effort to go in. And actually find this thing in the laundry. I I mean, I don't know about you guys. Have you ever seen the laundry that comes every day from a hotel? This is insane. Like, we're not talking about, like, uh, one, you know, one laundry, you know, thing full. Like, I mean, this is a crazy amount of laundry. And they dug through all of that to find this little stuffed animal, Joshi. But they didn't stop there, right? I mean, reality, that could have been just enough story as it is. But no, they took it a step further. So what they did is, is they basically bailed this dad out. Um, and his name is Mr. Hearn, H-U-R-N, just, you know, and then I'll I'll put a link to the story as I always do on my website at Bisprints.com. So they, and they don't tell the dad they're going to do this. They say, they call him back. They say, hey, we found Josh, we're going to get him back to you. And then the staff decides to have some fun on their own accord and really give this dad a story, right? So what they do is is first thing first, they knew Joshi couldn't be aimlessly wandering around the Ritz-Carlton without a staff card. So they made Joshi a staff card. And this thing is super cute. So like make sure, like if you guys don't normally go to my post, really get over to my website, click on this one. You really want to read this article and see these pictures. These things are fantastic. After they issue Joshi this staff card. They then head over to the pool because Joshy, of course, is on an extended vacation. He needs some pool time. So they have this picture of Joshy sitting in, um, you know, basically at a a chair by the pool, kicked back with sunglasses on. It, it, it's fantastic, and then the next picture is you know it, it says uh, no one to sit around and do nothing. Joshi helped out in loss prevention department, and it was a picture of Joshi sitting in a chair at the keyboard of loss prevention, looking at like security cameras. And then final picture on here, right, is Joshi then decided to melt away some stress with a spa day, and they have a picture of Joshi. Uh, on a, like on a massage bed, cucumbers on his eyes and like hands on him, like giving a massage. Like I said, fantastic. And then to top it all off, right? What do they do then? They... The Ritz sent uh, Hearn and his son a booklet filled with the information about Joshi's stay, as well as a host of pictures showing all the good time he had all about the story. And, and there's more pictures in this. I mean, they like they took they took him out on the beach. They brought him to see like a parakeet and, and a whole bunch of other things. They they found him some friends and they put a picture with that. Uh, I mean, the Ritz really took this over the top. Now, what did it do? To the family, right? They didn't, they didn't send this to the press. They didn't send this to the local news and say, hey, look what we did. No, no, no. What they did is they put it in a package and they sent it to the family. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. They just, they figured, hey, you know what? Dad's in tram. We've all been there as, as parents. Let's help this guy out in a big, serious way. And they sent it to him. And what happened is, is the father then took the time to post about this and call the press and talk to people about it and tell this story and tell this story and tell this story to where now it's literally almost folklore. Um, if I didn't have the pleasure of once actually meeting this uh, gentleman, Mr. Hearn, I, I mean, I would tell you, I think this, I would just think this is internet folklore, but I had a speaker once who I went to go see who brought the father with him. To actually say, like, yeah, this is a real deal thing. Like, let him tell the story, and he'll bring and introduce you guys to his son and Joshy the draft. It was the coolest, coolest uh, show I ever been to. But, what? so what did they do? Like, let's talk about this for a second. Like, the Ritz-Carlton, like I said, all they knew was that they were going to really probably make an experience for this family. And probably earn themselves probably a customer for life. Because, I mean, I I could tell you, if if they did that for my kids, I, I would never... Ever, 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 ever stay anywhere else. I wouldn't care if it's a thousand dollars a night. Well, maybe I would, but I would tell you, I would still think twice, right? I mean, like, it's that's the kind of loyalty that you can't buy. And then to have someone like me now, right? I mean, all these years later, I mean, this is back in 2012, but all these years later now. I'm, people are talking about it. You know, I'm having a podcast here telling you guys about this, about this amazing experience and the brand equity that they're just gaining from this and the course, the customer experience and loyalty, because now customers hear these kind of stories and they're like, that's what you get to experience at the Ritz Carlton. And that's why I stay at the Ritz Carlton and spend extra money. Um, just an amazing story. And how does this apply to our businesses, right? And that's one of the big things I know a lot of people have question on, which is what I what I tell you is that don't think you need to spend a ton of money and, you know, and then notify the press and tell the family they need to go out and, you know, publicize this and put this on Pinterest and make a vlog about it and whatever. You know, what I mean, it's just, no, it's just all you need to do is is care, you know, If you have a culture that truly believes in loving and helping other people, you're going to create a customer experience that's going to be like nothing you can, uh, I mean, buy with money. It's really, at the end of the day, it's all about treating people like you would love to be treated and then taking it if you can to that next level, but asking nothing in return. Because the moment you ask for something in return, so like, let's talk about the flip side of this, right? Let's say Ritz Carlton sent that whole package, all these pictures, and then one card that said, oh, and hey, if you don't mind, please take all of this, take pictures with your phone and put them on our Instagram and tag us like this. It would have been, I'm not saying it would have been lost, but it would have been, it just would not have been the same type of thing. Instead, they just sent it. And they didn't care if they nothing came of it. All they would hope is that this child had his Joshie the giraffe and this father had a great story to tell. And that that is just, I mean, that's why I said it's so moving of a story. And that's what you should want from your brand. You know, if you're a business owner, I would tell you this is where the bars get set, right? This is when you talk about amazing, great companies and good companies when it's talking about experience you're trying to drive for your customer so as we finish this up, i want to talk about another one here um and this i'm sorry guys this podcast is really going to be like i said a lot of storytelling but this one's a really another kind of heartfelt emotional one which is this story is actually a cool story about um this uh, this kid named dylan johnson and his mother that reached out to the Kirby company because Dylan, uh, so Dylan, just to give you some backstory, he's a 14-year-old child um, who suffers from autism and just, you know, really has an affinity for vacuum cleaners. Just, it's the one thing that really, since he was a kid, just something that really made him, you know, just really feel at a level of comfort. And actually, to put this in better words, let me actually just read the letter that the mother wrote to the Kirby company, which says, I'm reaching out to you in hopes for an answer to an unusual request for my son who is autistic. He has always been obsessed with vacuum cleaners. His favorite is the Kirby. He spends hours every day watching videos on his tablet about different Kirbys. When he isn't lo- watching videos about them, he is talking about them. I really would love to get a demo done for him for his birthday. In fact, I'm even getting him a cake made that looks like a Kirby vacuum. I am writing to you in hopes that you can get me in touch with a way to get him this demo. I want to be clear that I do not intend on purchasing a Kirby. I was hoping that I could pay a flat fee or thought that maybe if you have a salesman in training that needs to get in practice demos for training purposes, I do not want anything free, but as a mother of a special needs child, it is so hard to find things to make my uh, son happy. I know that having this demo done would just be so awesome and it would warm my heart to see him so expi- excited to experience that. So she sent this to Kirby, right? Just, this is just a general email, sent it out, uh, sent it to, I, I would assume, their customer service team. And in reality. Most organizations, right? And I, I and now mind you, I come from this world, right? I, I managed customer service and customer experience for, I mean, hundreds and if not thousands of organizations, all, I mean, from the Fortune 50 all the way down to startup organizations. And I will tell you, in most organizations, this kind of email would come through and it would be filed under kind of heartfelt or just you know, non actionable request, that's actually, (laughs) they're called NAR, uh, NAR requests, right? So it's just, uh, if you put a NAR on it, which is basically it's a, it's a request that requires no action to be taken, it could just be filed and reviewed at some other later date. And these are common, I mean, you get NARs all the time, especially in the call center side of it. And really nothing ever happens to them, they just kind of just get filed away. And just that's it. But it's, it's amazing to me to think that someone at Kirby, they caught this, and they just look at it and skim it they read it and when they read it they took the time and actually in reality took a risk with their own position in the organization in many cases to then escalate this to someone right and this this definitely had to be escalated off, I mean I mean Uh, quite a few layers up because more than likely this got to an email team at the front layer of customer service that then got it kicked up to a supervisor that then got kicked up to a manager that then moved to a director who then notified his vice president about this who then kicked it over to global corporate at probably at some point which got to some other director or vp then who had to kick it over to someone else to then take action on this this is not when I say there was a lot of people involved in this from a corporate perspective, I, you should understand that how to make this happen in a big organization like Kirby is not a small feat. This is a big deal, but it happened. That is, that is amazingness. Hey, number one, number two is then what Kirby did, right? The mother was very specific. She said, I cannot afford to buy a Kirby. So She set the expectation. I can't afford it. I'm not wanting anything for free. I really just want a salesman in training or just I'd be willing to pay kind of maybe a flat fee just to get my son this demo to have this experience. What did Kirby do? Kirby didn't just send out some rookie sales guy to just maybe go do this. And really, and in reality, I think it's true. It's, I mean, you know, who's going to really want to pitch a vacuum at a birthday party? It's like, oh, can you give me a cut of cake? And are you sure you don't want to buy this thing? I'll throw in the bags, right? It's like, yeah, it's, I get it. But what they did is they sent a gentleman named Archie. And Archie was a 25-year veteran with Kirby Company right? This guy knew his stuff. When he came to the Kirby, no one knew nothing more than, uh, than this guy at Archie, right? And that's who they sent out to Dylan. They didn't know, again, no notification of the press, no notification of anything, asked nothing in return. All they did was let the mother know, hey, we're going to send someone out to you to do this demo. Um, we hope this can, you know, really make your son's birthday wonderful. Archie shows up with everything vacuum all the accessories everything and says he's here for the demo and he gives this young child this all de- right this child a demo right 14 year old uh, autistic ge- gentleman's ch- uh this demo and really he uh and Archie's actually quoted here even saying he knew more about the Kirby than I did an obvious impression Curry said I have never experienced anything like that in my life and you know, there's a picture actually even on this article. And again, I'll post this on my uh, right on my website of Dylan actually at a much younger age, taking a picture as a vacuum salesman going uh, for Halloween. It's fantastic. Uh, Him with a fake uh, mustache, (laughs) like uh, this oversized tie and then carrying this Hoover vacuum. It's fantastic. You got to see this picture. And uh, it's him at four years old to be specific. And you know, for Archie, he said, you know, I imagine it was like a sports fan meeting one of his idols, like Michael Jordan, for the first time. You could just see it in his eyes, right? I mean, like, and you see these pictures and it's just right in his eyes. Um, then there's another quote from Jody Green saying, At the end of the demonstration, he gave my son a brand new Kirby vacuum. Now, what's important to note with this, right? The mother specifically asked for nothing for free, and she didn't get it from Kirby for free. No. This was not Kirby had offered to send out the gentleman, right? And what happened is Archie himself flipped the bill. Archie said, I had planned. I had wanted to do something for him. It was an opportunity to give something back. And he did. I mean, cause Kirby's are not cheap. I don't know if any of you guys have looked at these Kirby's or any, time, even in the last like year or two, like these things are expensive and Archie is a vacuum salesman bought this for this this young boy. Amazing. And again, like I said, the key here though, right? They never, ever, 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 ever notified the press. It's not like they showed up with, you know, oh, here's Archie and 30 people from the press corps or local press. No, Archie just showed up. There's a video of it. Um, You can watch this video, amazing video that they took, like that, you know, family took uh, of this happening. This is all homemade video, nothing professional, and it. Then again, it was the mother who then reached out to the press and reached out to uh, local news and let them know about this and said, "You guys should write about this." And then it went viral because why? It's an amazing story. This is what you want to hear. I mean, and I'll tell you, it. It. I. As soon as I read the story, I, I. I was like, "Wow, I need to do more," <laughs> and B. It made me also say to my wife, I'm like, we need to look into a Kirby. Like, I want a Kirby now. I, I don't know why we're buying these Hoovers and all this other BS. Why are we not owning a Kirby? Because that's a company I want to do business with. That is the key. Why did I always send all of those holiday cards? And why did I always send those birthday cards? And why did I always send those anniversary cards? And why does Kirby... Take the time to read every email with a human and every once in a while, decide to step up and do something amazing. Why does a company like Ritz Carlton decide to take it to the next level? Because we're all human at the end of the day, guys, right? It's not like we're some mythical beings, you know, in a business, you know, with the moment we put on our suit and tie, we're all of a sudden this great, amazing person, you know, beyond, you know, beyond comprehend. No, it's, we're all human guys. And so are our customers and our customers want to be felt that someone really says there who cares and just taking that opportunity to do that, Right driving customer experience again like I said it's so important for me to, to really repeat this right there's no it's not about the money it's not about the expense it's not about anything it's just about being human and caring about other people it's asking the question when a, when a, when a you know putting a policy in place is is this a policy that I could understand as my company's customer if the answer is no the policy sucks right? It's that easy. Is the policy good or does the policy suck? Because if it's going to suck as a customer of your company now, then don't do it. I don't care what just maybe happened to you to have this conversation and talking about this new policy. Don't do it if it sucks. Do it if it's right. Do it because it's the right thing to do. Even if it hurts, even if it takes more administration, even if it costs you business a little bit more. In the long run, it's going to pay off in a tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold. You can't name it, right? It's just doing the right thing. And guys, that's, I mean, for this week, I can't sum it up any better than that. Take a moment. Look at your organization. I, I tell you guys this all the time, right? Go be your own customer. Uh, there's a show on TV. If you haven't seen this lately, it's, um, you know, like the Undercover Boss, I I like and dislike this show at the same time. But one thing I did see in one of those episodes about a year or something ago, uh, a couple seasons back, right, is that the boss actually went in as a customer um, for one of his businesses and then went undercover to be an employee. But what I loved about it was, in my opinion, the impact that the boss got as his customer, I personally believe, was probably more impactful than he got as actually just being an undercover employee. And it you could see it in his face. and. I could tell that. I bet you their PR team was like, "Oh my God, do we really have to air this thing?" You know, <laughs> but it's it's good they did because it made them vulnerable, right? It showed that humility factor that they are willing to have. And so, back to what I was saying is, is, that's what you should be doing this week, guys. Take the time to be a customer of your business. Seriously, this thing takes like, this. It takes you maybe an hour, right? Depending on the complexity of your business or what industry you're in. If your business is a consumer, this takes 30 seconds to decide to do it, and it takes whatever time it does to impact with your business. You know, if you're if you're in a restaurant business, you know, go in there in disguise, legit. You know, go get a disguise where it doesn't look like you, and go be a customer in your restaurant and see what it feels like, and really allow yourself to experience it. Don't come out of character. Just see what it feels like. If you work in a services bureau company, right? Use your service. Try it. Go to a friend's house that your employees don't know and use the service. You know, if you're in a software business, use your software. It's pretty easy, right? Just download the software or install the software, whatever, use it. And then take it to the next level, then complain, right? The ultimate test is to take that next step. What does it feel like to have something that goes sideways. And what do you do when that happens? This is going to be my final story for you guys. And this is this is a personal story from my side that I'll tell you, uh, really, it was interesting for me, right? So it's, uh, this is going back quite a few years, I was still working in the call center industry, this is actually one of my personal call centers back in the day. And one of our clients was an apartment management company. And they had a strict, uh, no lockout emergency policy. So no matter what, even it didn't matter what was happening, if you called for a lockout after midnight local time, they did not support you because uh, there's a host of security reasons and why they couldn't. Uh, you have to understand, this is not a pretty nasty neighborhood of Chicago and uh, the west side. Um, so it's it's not really safe for people to go there. I mean, let's just, it, this is just reality. Okay. So it's, I, I, this was one time we had a midnight person call off and I just actually personally happened to be working that night. So I'm in the office and I take this call from this lady and she is calling freaking out, uh, losing her cool. I mean, she's crying. She's, you know, just it's winter in Chicago. And if you've been in winter Chicago, you know how much that is fun. Um, she's with her three babies and she just got home, uh, from traveling, uh, to go see her parents who are like. I think they were like just passed or something happened. The family emergency thing just got home and put her key in the lock and the lock This is an outs like, you know, these are like exterior facing doors, the key. She accidentally bumped the key with her body and sheared the key off in her door and she's got her babies there. Right? So, she's losing it you know you could tell you can hear the kids crying in the background mommy i just want to go inside it's cold can we just go in and you know i just feel for her i know the no lockout policy and i and now mind you i mean you have to understand like i mean this is CHA. This the chicago housing authority i mean this is no joke when they say no they mean no right but i on their behalf i'm like you know what i'm just gonna give it a shot and i called the on call um who was very pissed, to say the least. And I'm like, hey, man, listen, here's the scenario. Now, I know not to call you. I get the problem, but here's what's going on. Your tenant, she's not really locked out. She is, but she's not. She tried to get in. She has her keys there. She put her key in the door. She said the kid distracted her. She knocked against her keys, and the key literally sheared off in the lock. She's trying to get in, she can't get in. Can you help her out? Cuz I knew he lives like down the street in another complex, right? I mean, it's not like he's far. And he's like I can't. He goes, "I literally can't. I will literally lose my job if I go and help her." And and I just remember talking to this guy. I'm like, "Dude, what do we do?" Like I I can't get back on the phone with this lady and tell her no. And, and I mean, he was just honest. He's like, "Mike, I I can't do anything. He goes, if I, he goes, if it was certain scenarios, he goes, if it was like a, you know, police emergency or something, he goes, I could, but he goes, I just really cannot do anything about this. And I then took the initiative because we also had a lot of small business clients. And one of our clients was a locksmith who actually serviced that area. They were like one of the rare few companies who actually serviced that area. Uh, But that was one of their niches. And that's, I mean, why they were so successful in Chicago. And, so I hung up with this on call called my other client and I'm like, Hey man, listen. And I told him the whole story again, same, same story. I'm like, here's what's going on. And I'm like, listen, she's not calling. I I mean, knowing where this thing is, I can guarantee you she doesn't have the money. Here's what I'm willing to do. And and great, you know, I understand as the owner, I actually have a little more leverage to do this. So I did. I'm like charge. I, I'm going to credit this to your bill. Can you just go do this for her? And I flipped the bill for it. I paid for it. And, I will tell you, um, you know, I, I just felt it was the right thing to do. I, and I never spoke about it really to anyone. I, I don't, I don't really, I don't actually even really normally tell this story in public. I just wanted it to do the right thing. And I will tell you, my our locksmith client, you know, him and I had just had an agreement. We were gonna put a credit through and we did, we put a credit on his bill, and and I told him, like, I really would prefer just to kind of keep this between us and just let's not make a big deal of it. The tenant, on the other hand made a huge deal of it. And I mean in a bad way, in a great way. She wrote letters to the mayor's office. She wrote letters to her local congressman. She wrote letters to anyone and everyone who she could write a letter to explaining how this guy at this answering service did something that no one had ever done for her in her entire life to that point, which is he took the time to care about me and my family And do something out of the goodness of his heart because he knew it was the right thing to do. And I'll tell you, um, the amount of business that our organization ended up attracting off of that, um, I I, I don't know if I can actually still count how many accounts came to us from that. Um, The press really didn't get it. It just kind of ran in certain circles. And that's all I, I, and again, it was never the intent uh, we didn't I didn't, you know I didn't make that decision because i I wanted that publicity no 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 I made that decision because it was the right thing to do so that's what I want to leave you guys with is that story and I don't I don't again i'm I normally I know I give you guys real strict to dos in this but this week guys listen it's just really look at your business and really be serious with yourself are you doing this thing for the right reasons and is your business really running? to actually make a difference in people's lives and treat people the way you would want to be treated. If not, make the change this week, man. It's really, it's not hard. I mean, trust me, your employees will love you for it. If you walked out your office right now and said, hey guys, listen, we're going to stop all of these policies because I know they're not doing the right thing for our our customers because it's not the right thing I would want to have done to me. And I want to work with you guys on figuring out what the right thing is to do. They will, they might actually come up and kiss you. (laughs) <laughs> so be ready but guys that's it this week you know get out there love your fellow person right i mean just just you know treat them like you want to be treated use your grandmother's old advice you know and really if you do that the results of this will never never be measurable because they will be so huge for your business both short-term and long-term and the employee satisfaction rates you're going to see from this and even better yet the customer satisfaction rates you'll always see from it are going to be so astounding to you. So guys, until next week, have a great day. Have a great week. To your success and prosperity, my name is Michael McMillan. Talk to you guys again soon. That will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thank you for listening to Biz Sprints Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us at bizsprints.com for more tips and tricks to drive your business forward. No doubt about it.